everybody. It's LOI Central with Dan and Johnny. Welcome along to the second edition of Season 7 of LOI Central. And uh, today's show is uh, going to uh, be quite different, I think. We've Ollie Cahill on, but we've Dave McMillan on as well, the record uh, goal scorer in Europe uh, for a League of Ireland player. And uh, David, of course, is a serious life off the pitch, had a serious life off the pitch as well with them. Um, uh, a very good job, which uh, was quite, a, I suppose, an outlier in the League of Ireland days of professionalism that we encountered. Nolly Cahill obviously making waves in at the PFAI, but we have uh, a new sponsor on board this week. So uh, for the season ahead, we're going to have Rascals Brewery Inchy Core Pizzas, Beers and Brewery Tours. Uh, we're very excited about that. Thanks to Joe and Rascals. Um, spoke to Joe about the buzz in Inchy Core on Friday and Rascals have become involved in the League of Ireland of late and I think everyone is hopefully hitching on to a winning bandwagon at the moment including Future Ticketing uh, who are obviously being our sponsors for the last two and a bit years and Collar and Cuff and we've news on that uh, Dan as well we've, well, uh, we've a new sponsor for the mailbag well it's the mailbag from now on is just going to be the Collar and Cuff mailbag you obviously need to get a sting to, uh, to go with that but um, yes, every week, uh, So because with, with the Rascals uh, partnership, as we said, we're going to be giving away, the trivia question will be back this week, and we'll be giving away a guided tour for two of their brewery, which includes some um, tasting. You were there last week. Um, I was. I've been there previously, mm. and I... I um, uh, I can confirm the produce is of a, of a high standard, mm. but we are going to be giving away that guided tour with our question every week. But we're also, last week, um, Decky and Collar and Cuff gave us a uh, a 50 euro voucher for the mailbag, the best question in the mailbag, which we actually didn't um, announce the winner of on the show, but I will confirm it was Tom Kennedy last week, um, just for asking the, the question about the minimum wage, appealing red cards. Just a nice fact-based question. Mm. Um, other weeks, we might just go for the funniest one. Um, but, uh, yeah, going forward, as they would say, uh, we are going to have one of those every week. So you get your, your mailbag, your mailbag questions, which we enjoy anyway, are now basically incentivized. Um, yeah. So um, if you if you do even better mailbag questions and more of them, um, you might get a fifty euro voucher and and basically turn up at an event in your life looking better. Um, so between um, you know dressing people and giving people tours of breweries, I mean people would have said Johnny previously. You know, it's like the Dougal and the funeral thing. Could Johnny arrange a piss up in a brewery? I mean, maybe not. But actually, we're technically doing that now. Um, so that your is Friday night could entail going to uh, Rascals wearing um, a collar and cuff shirt and then going to a Pats match having bought your ticket via the website for your future ticket. Yeah, a bit of everything. And you'll probably meet Johnny Ward yeah. there as well. So, um, uh, how, was week, how was week one for you anyway? Week one. So Dan went to Kerry and uh, did not envy it. I had like a 10 minute walk down the road. You had an ace hour round trip to Tralee. Give Enjoyed it though. Take. Yeah. Uh, I was I was down I got the train back from Galway on Friday and I was sort of getting into Houston at six so I said I'll just go straight to Hinchy Core um, rather than go back to Harris Cross and back. So I was in Hinchy Core at sort of five past ten past six and there were already um like four journalists were already there. There must have been I'd say at around a quarter past six, must have been one or two hundred people outside sort of waiting to get in. And I just like because Inchy, like, Richmond Park doesn't really have anything inside it for, for people. Like, it has, like, I mean, you can get your chips or whatever. There's no bar. There's no real reason to go in early. Um, it, it doesn't have that experience that other grounds have yet, which is one of its failings. And as much as we're making so much progress, we need to kind of sell the experience um, 
I was, I was actually talking to a guy in Off the Ball who was saying the Spurs Stadium, they tried to keep you in after the game, they tried to get you in early, they tried to make it a big day out, and they have all these kind of things, just like the bars and so on and so forth. But we need to do more of that in the League of Ireland. But there was such a buzz, Dan, and like just felt like, geez, this league is definitely taking off. Yeah, and, like, uh, you, you see, like you see the stats, I mean, the stats come out, and it's uh, I'm not being negative about them because it's, it's actually good to see it. Like, you know, the attendances of the weekend are like over 30,000, or, you know, in a couple of places they picked out the Premier Division one is like 20,000. And obviously the slight frustration with it is that there actually could have been a lot more. Like people will rightly point out, you know, you see see these comments go up in their general discussions and then it's like, well, actually, you know, there was 16,000 at Kerry Mayo or something at the weekend, you know, which is mm. fine. Like, you know, there's always a comparison game that you play, whereas I suppose the league itself is always battling that perception that no one goes to that. And it's like, I mean, it's not true, um, but it can be more, you know, like, and there will actually be weeks where, where there will be more, like if Shamrock Rovers and Cork City are at home in the same week, which will happen, like, you know, Tala hasn't come, in, come into the mix yet, doesn't as well this week, um, in terms of like, Pat's actually are at home again against Shells, just because um, of some work they're getting done there. So, um, like, it's, it's, it's a step forward, but again, like I'm always fearful of like, um, just a bit of complacency setting in around it. No, um, I was, I was sort of making the point in my newsletter last week. Like, I actually think about it. Like, what's happening is 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 like showcasing sort of the the latent potential that exists. And like, clubs have used a lot of tools, marketing. People want to go to games. It's probably a generational thing that there's not the same stigma there. But but it, there's even more that can be done. Like, I was made, I meant to mention this in the show last week. Um, the amount of um, like the amount of new signings over the winter. There wasn't a single press conference for them, like in terms of the big Premier Division signings. Yeah, um, it was a few events organised by First Division clubs. Finn Harps and and Kerry were brilliant in terms of how they did their stuff. But if you think about it, over the winter, like you know, Liam Birch, Johnny Kenny, and um, the various Estonians, like a lot of big deals were done. I'll tell you in media, like January is an absolute wasteland. The first couple of weeks. Um, now Dan, I had a nightmare last week. I was trying to like do the race and post um, kind of. Uh, predicted teams for week one and like going on to some of the Premier Division websites absolutely no idea what the squad yeah, list was well, Premier Division websites well yeah and just to finish my, my point um, well it's, like it's the, vaguely long well yeah lines. but I didn't have to finish it yeah um, the, the, like, the fact that they didn't have a single press conference like an event like if there was, if there was a day where like Liam Birch was rolled out talking about Bose or uh, whoever it might be like even like Paddy Barrett at Shells or whoever like it's and I understand that I think the FAI probably had a point of encouraged clubs to uh, to use their own social channels uh, and I think that's worked and I, I understand that but there's you still have to be like if you think about it like it's a long off season it still annoys me like I saw that like it's 102 days like that's too long really you know and particularly now with clubs have been played you know p- players have been paid in pre-season it's too long and like you've 102 days out of the news cycle where you disappear and sometimes people say well you need, the league needs more coverage but sometimes clubs need to help themselves a bit too and and there's actually times in that 102 days particularly like the first couple of weeks of January where you could have got league discussion out there and whatever and I know a lot of people are volunteers at clubs it's the problem like there's a lot of things in the league comes back to staffing ultimately and don't have the mm. people to do it and just people like the handful of full-time staff that there would be at every club um you know, the handful of like are, are doing so many things that they just can't keep their eye on these yeah. things. But this is where you need a general, a better probably communication strategy and, and, and the clubs to be leaning on people. Like I did make the point last week, like, you know, Damien Duff is probably the greatest 
asset the league has at the moment in terms of marketing. And like last season, he did two pre-match press conferences. Um, one before the opening game of the season and one before the FBI Cup mm. final. Now, the participation agreement for me, like it makes references to people being available uh, for interview. That can be on the phone, whatever it might be. But like to me, the like to me, the, the participation agreement isn't actually uh, a document with rules. It's like an aspiration. It's like mm. a work of art. Mm. You know, it's like something we admire. Oh, this participation agreement, but it doesn't actually. It's not operational. Like it's operational in certain sections. Like I'm sure in terms of like uh, fines for managers, I can't imagine like people who get suspended. I can't imagine there's a casual attitude to that. Mm. But then other stuff, which actually is quite important in terms of like outwardly projecting things to happen in the league, you know, that'd be grand. Yeah, they you know, should. Certain I, derogations with facilities, that'd be grand. But mm. I, I, I'd be surprised now if they were if they were shabby in terms of like uh, enforcing, um, you know, the, the, the laid down breaches of um, discipline for certain things, you know. So, um, well, just to mention that, like, that stuff, they need to, and I'm going to be annoying going on about this stuff. Um, you go on you about Wi Fi and ground. So, Pat's brought in Wi Fi for the first game season and uh, Viva La Revolution. It's very been, been sponsored by an electricity company for the last yeah. ever company. Aircom and then electricity, and finally we've got Wi-Fi. Well, I have to I have to give Pat's credit in terms of like Jamie sent out um, squad profiles, and he's he's making it very easy. But other clubs should be fine when you go on a website a day before the start of season and you don't have a squad list. Like I can't even figure out who's playing for you. Yeah. So like this is just complete. Like but, yeah, I'm not going to name the clubs. I tried three websites in particular that were a joke. Like it was literally, and one of them a big club. It's like name them then. Well. Okay, UCD, I mean, UCD had, I think, Colin Whelan in their squad list had, like, yeah. the players that have left, like, a year ago. Yeah. Um, Athlone have nothing whatsoever. Nothing. Well, Athlone, have you noticed the Athlone recruitment over the winter? Yeah. It's, oh. Athlone haven't announced any of the new signings. Apparently, like, Athlone have, part of it is they've had, they have a link up with some uh, university mm. in uh, the States. That's right. And a lot of these players are coming in, but they haven't announced any of their signings. It's, it's almost like they did some stuff on their social last week. It's like they just arrived overnight. They should be fined. It's they, like, should, it, it, they should be fined. Remember, because it's not, do you remember back in the day where Saved by the Bell used to be on? And he used to be, he used to be a... Screech and the lads. You were sort of a, probably a two-channel man. But I remember one time uh, Saved by the Bell came back with a different series, but a load of different characters. Like you know, Screech was there and a couple of them, but clearly they probably just, I don't know, they, 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 uh, they couldn't agree uh, and they just like foisted in some new characters for like a series but there was no announcement of this of this actually happening or departure and that's sort of like the Atlone Town transfer business over the winter it's like you're sort of expected to know who all of these people are um, and it's some national, some amount of nationalities there. Um, the other the other club who may have actually I think they've updated now since so maybe I give them a pass um, but certainly, that's the big club, is it? It is. It is. It looks like the it was website. Bose, wasn't it? it was Bose. Are you sure you didn't have your cash like emptied and this this, this could be some big disaster? Uh, I, I'm just looking at the Bose website now. Though they seem to be up to date, but they weren't last week when okay. I was looking for the men's the men's squad wasn't updated. But as the, of, don't listen. Look out for these. The other thing I would say as well. I don't think we didn't mention last week. And actually, I think it was mentioned by our mailbag winner was about the season pass coming back mm. for um, the league, which is which is brilliant. Um, I know great, the League of Ireland, great. the league is very, very like stressing that this really needs to sell now. And yeah, so as it's so I'm told that the early early indications are that it hasn't gone. And I'm someone who's preached like about bringing this back, bringing mm. this back. The seven euro ticket thing, I, I hated that. Um, but 
I think early days, I don't think it's gone particularly well. And I think the big issue, which people are very much aware of, and there's people listening who are availing of this, it's the amount of, because like, the league stuff appearing on dodgy box services everywhere. You know, mm. People, are, and like you hear, like people are at games are talking about this and, and you know, big fans, I appreciate that like spending, a lot of people put a lot of money into sport in their League of Ireland club. And it's like everyone in isolation in a cost of living crisis, right? Is trying to save money in some way or other, but I think it's quite important to stress in this instance that if people don't probably support that season pass, you could see LOI TV, which everyone hails as a great service that's helped us, you could see it go. Um, and I know that it's people who are probably paying their season ticket and paying, you know, very, with their own club, or they, you know, it could be members in some mm. cases, or you know, paying some kind of annual contribution. But I think, like you know, just people need to be conscious that. Um, if on one hand you're ranting on social media about it to this joke that RTE aren't covering these games, and then on the other hand you're availing of those services, you're actually not allowing an accurate picture to exist of the paid audience for this that generates that coverage going forward. And I understand people saving money on their Sky and their BT and their various subscriptions. People don't really need it. But I think with the League of Ireland pass, um, people, they sort of need to... I know things are tough for people at the moment, but I think it's something people just need to be conscious of. It's 120 um, quid to watch every game at yeah. any time. And, like, seriously, I mean, the League of Ireland is in a good place at the moment. Try to, like, the, of all the things to be shown on a dodgy box, this is not it. Just, I feel like we're very preachy as, like, kids. Don't, yeah, don't no, no, I'm like, yeah, I, I mean, we, we've all watched, like, uh, I, I will, I'll watch games in, when the League of Ireland teams are playing in Europe. If it's available in any shape or form, I'll try to watch it. Don't particularly mind watching um, Premier League games on a source that isn't necessarily putting a load of money into Sky. But for League of Ireland clubs, like, I think we're, we still are on the breadline. I don't know, should, should, we, should, we, should we just be taking a zero tolerance? Zero tolerance. The, but the, the one thing I want to say... Could be, about could the, be, we're open to criticism here, probably, aren't we? Uh, we? We probably are, but, like, if you should... The, the, for 120 quid, I don't think it's... I think it's great value, to be honest, for 120 it's quid. Protecting, it's, pro yeah. it's protecting the future of the service, I would yeah, say. Yeah, and, and, and like, clubs everyone are... Everyone and I... It's a bit like saying more people... It's a bit like your thing... Like, you know, we ha I'm bringing up climate change today. It's a bit like everyone saying you should do more for the climate but then you speak to one person in isolation who said well I mean I wanted to fly to Toronto for like five days you know and seven days seven days yeah. was and like you know they, you have a very good reason to go for like a loved one in your life so you can't then you say well you meet someone on the other hand who's like who's availing of the sort of the, the dodgy box and it's like well yeah but I'm like our electricity bill was like 900 quid, quid yeah do you know what I mean so I I, I do get that but it's yeah, just but something to and, and just the other thing is a lot of a lot of the people doing the commentaries in this and, and doing a lot of the work are volunteers as well the outliers though Dan on week one like the outliers we haven't even mentioned in terms of attendances Wexford 1900 I, I want to talk about Wexford Longford 1500 and Finn Harps two and a half what was it two two and a half thousand like these are clubs that are having the hope win of the league and are playoffs at best this yeah season. And I, I think I think with those ones that you want to see in particular you want to see how those ones hold up that'll be really challenging like you know I, um, I, I don't I won't get too excited about absolutely. the open week in some of those but it, it's even interesting you wouldn't get that in an open week certainly not in Longford or Wexford so something has happened and well, know, Longford, Wexford have been, Longford have been in the Premier in recent times and have had comparable attendance and Finn Harps have as well I, the Wexford to me is the outlier but the, the other ones I wouldn't really be that Arse. Like Longford were technically playing at loan, and maybe at loan have got a load of university fans they didn't announce either. <laughs> uh, although there wasn't too many, yeah, uh, there wasn't too many cheers for their goals. Um, well done, to Gordon Brett. Though, did, like did that's you, a big, big win for at loan. I, I think they'll actually be good this season. Did you see the? Um, well, if we don't even know who any any of their players are, they even want to tell mm. us. Um, the the Wexford um, one. Did you see the walkout for the Wexford team? 
No. Did you not see this? No, I heard so there was a big crowd and there no, was No, you have to problem. see the walkout. Yeah. Like, it's basically like a, a darts or... I thought it was a darts-style entrance, <laughs> but if someone said that it's actually wrestling-inspired. Now, I haven't been watching wrestling since the uh, the 90s myself, since the days of sort of Earthquake and Tatanka. Yeah. So much. Remember there was the wrestler model? I used to... I had them for a while. Um, I mean, I was into a lot of obscure stuff at that point. Such as the League of Ireland. Well, see, yeah. I, I just set that up for you, John, yeah. you just have that chemistry. Um, but I'm trying to get this Wexford walkout that they had. The Wexford walkout. It. But they just walked through this sort of, um, these flashing neon lights and uh, it's like a wrestler emerging and we've got great reviews at this whole thing. Like, um, the game didn't go so well. The game didn't go so well, but I think someone suggested of the crowd it was like 50-50 Waterford yeah. and... Um, 50-50 Waterford and Wexford. So, like, what, what Wexford themselves, I know we were on with Kevin Doyle and off the ball last week and he was saying there was big interest. I'm actually showing this to you here, Johnny. And uh, this is like the, this is the walkout through the, sort of the, the dry ice. Cool. That's um, cool, yeah. Gas or whatever. I don't know what it is, really. But um, Is the wine bar gone in Wexford? I think it's no more. I'm not it? sure. Yeah, yeah that was gone. one of, uh, I remember the, the days of, of Mick Wallace, but uh, uh, the noise in Finn Park for Mick the... Mick Wallace is far gone at the moment. When, when, uh, when, Finn, when, when Finn Harps got the penalty, I was uh, watching it back, the noise was unbelievable. And uh, the, the I think the imagery, um, the, the new logo and stuff, I thought the RT coverage looks good. It looked good in Turner's Cross. Yeah, I mean, the problem is... Turner's Cross. Yeah, Turner's Cross. And like, also, already looked awful again. Like, yeah. already looked so bad. I was like, Jesus, I know there are no UCD fans, the, even the, oh, it's just it looks oh, it's so it's, it's, bad. It's a disgrace. It's so disgrace. bad. Um, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, RT, and just if I get any slagging for Bose, I was on praising Bose uh, Saturday. But you know, and I know as from working with Go United, it's very hard to get volunteers. But you need a squad list today before the game. Yeah, well, the Go United media team last year had several hundred people in it, and now it appears they've gone the way of uh, yeah. Well, it's, it's very challenging. It's an awful, an awful like, lot of work. Uh, but, um, it's like take that. There's a few. All the members are dwindling down. Yeah, or Jason Orange is gone. Saved by the bell. Whoever what are we? What are, where are we going, Dan? We're going to go to the collar and cuff mailbag. Hey, what's the time? It's mailbag time. A big bag of electronic letters. Yeah, just just so so it just rolls off the tongue. The collar and cuff mailbag. Yeah, so um, we're, uh, we're going to rattle. I see what Decky is doing as well. You give a fifty quid voucher, you're going to go in, and you'll be looking around. You're going to you're going to be spending a lot of money, and then you get fifty quid off because this clobber is good. Like it's nice stuff. Yeah. I know what Decky's up I, to. Decky's flying it. I'm sure Decky will be chuffed to have you just laying out your theories and advertising there. It's very good. Um, my Alfie Moon T-shirt, my Alfie Moon shirt, by the way, has changed my life. So, like. Someone did message us and say, <laughs> "Good to see Johnny wearing his collar and cuff uh, blazer on off the ball on Saturday again." I mean, I, it is I, incredible. I like that blazer. Yeah, but like he, for for they're getting some bang that, for their buck here. That blazer has had more outings than than Blazer the horse. <laughs> That's <laughs> a terrible joke. But, but it's true. That horse right. had a lot as well. What's in the mailbag? Colly, um, okay, thoughts on the whole link with Dundalk. Bit worried personally about a trend coming into the league more and more. So this is, um, I think it was Jerry Malone, our good friend, who was tweeting last night. That got in a spat with UCD uh, about possession. Did you see that? Oh, yeah, sorry. He did, Jerry had something about UCD and then the UCD official account responded at <laughs> half two in the morning saying, if you have possession of a sandwich for a long period of time but someone eats it, you don't have to sandwich. It was like, UCD yeah. lads, update the website, yeah. stop posting sandwich yeah. jokes at 2.30am <laughs> after your kebab. Um, Liam Kerrigan was still in now. the squad as of last week. Yeah, well, he, definitely not. But can, can I just answer the mailbag question, Go please? Ahead, um, so the, the, the fear is, um, so 
sorry, Jerry's tweet was suggesting there's going to be an announcement by the end of the week that Hull are, are taking over Dundalk or taking a stake in Dundalk, maybe as much as 70%. Now, I think there's something in this, but there's definitely no announcement happening this week. In fact, by the time this comes out, you may have some kind of official, uh, you might have some statements by Dundalk about what's happening. Now, I would have spoken to the chairman a couple of weeks back, Sean O'Connor. He said they were open to investment. They have been. And at that point, it was also mentioned the idea of a multi-club model would appeal to them. Collie's point is, but worried person with a trend coming into the league. This would be the multi-club. Mm. This is the Fleetwood Waterford. There's at least one other Premier Club talking about a multi-club. The Southampton Shells thing, which mm. fell through, would probably be a version of same. I have to say, I, I think sometimes people discuss these things and... They instantly, and maybe it's a legacies of like Home Farm Everton or something like that, where the concept to me of a multi-club model isn't a bad one. I think it's probably preferable to a standalone investor who's going to come in, probably find it hard to make money in this league, look at the balance sheet alone and go, we're done, yeah. we're out of here. Whereas if you have a, a club which sits into a, a wider organ and can provide some value um that takes away maybe from the individual profit and loss of that company, which is still very difficult in this league to, let's be honest, to return a profit. Um, like maybe it's it's not the worst kind of like conglomerate to get involved in. And as you see, there's, there's obviously bigger examples of this and more successful. I mean, the Man City one, like, you know, probably hasn't harmed the City Football Group, probably hasn't harmed New York City or Melbourne City. Now, they're obviously bigger. The Red Bull ones, again, slightly bigger. Um, but at a smaller scale, like, like you see, you know, like Waterford off in Dubai, Fleetwood, like if you sit into something, um, clearly there's an attractiveness of the Irish market, the Brexit thing with players, EU players 16 to 18. You know, you can loan your players there back and forth. But I think people think, oh, you're just going to come in and, and you know, fill it all our players. Rape and pillage, the, yeah. the problem is that, like, all our players are getting filled in anyway, mm. you know, and... It's interesting talking to Kevin Doherty yesterday about their sort of, like, unofficial link with Lincoln and how beneficial he feels that has been just, like... Drogs uh, budget is so tight and the players that have come in and they seem to have a very good relationship just those two clubs like and that's an unofficial relationship I honestly relationship. don't think like clearly the preferable scenario is to not have to do this mm. right like to be self-sufficient live in the real world or you have like you know I know some clubs who are thriving um, you know with the big memberships ba- bases but other places find it harder maybe to sustain something like that now I think you know, stat sports coming into the dog taking over from Pete Six with Andy Connolly and stuff. They did say from the start to be open to investment. There probably is a small bit of you know, stat sports are a big company. Could they take this on themselves? But um, clearly, they feel they need a bit of help. And maybe the way it was put to me was maybe you know some of the investment, external investment, allows them to do some some things quicker, like um, around facilities. But one thing I would say is I'm I'm told there's nothing going to be announced this week here. Like there's definitely something going on here but i think there's other parties involved as well um and i don't think like we're going to hear anything in the next week about this i think that's david mcmillan when he comes in as well yeah um Um, philip bowden the absence of sports capital grants would a tax example one year and all adult match tickets be feasible to go into a central fund for essential stadium maintenance or upgrades i see the point i'm not sure about the practicalities of that i do think in terms of state funding the betting tax we'll come back to this again but that's Mm. That's where we should be looking for this. David Grady, any chance we'll see any LOI players involved with the Ireland senior squad over the course of the season? Five international windows. Maybe Ferruja. Ferruja probably, if he hits form, would have a chance. Um, uh, Nick O'Meara, how best can clubs capitalise on obvious growth and interest? Would an option like what Bowes have done for a new stand work elsewhere? I would hope so. I think maybe in some places people think, well, will we be doing, will we be moving to a new ground? Will we be doing some work? But like Bowes are now able to get more fans in the stadium. Maybe in places where they're not 
they're not turning away people there's less urgency about it they're not thinking about aesthetics with bows it's about practicalities but it's definitely something you have to think about Brian, in theory like a thousand a thousand extra people at 15 quid is 15 grand multiplied by like say 20 like so you're talking well yeah it's, well, it's technically 450 extra but I know what you mean like if there's some grounds where see like bows would have had bigger weight allocations that would sell out some mm. weeks but then they'd yeah, that you was know, that the, was the, the case in Inchicore on Friday. It was like we're sold out, but obviously Derry didn't sell out their allocation, which yeah. was big, and Derry had a big support. Someone else was on to me about that the, the empty section of the shed to the mm. like, I'm not sure. I think that's the away section. I think yeah. Derry didn't fill there. Yeah, understandably. We'll see what happens with shells. Will it be full with shells there? Mm. What way it works? We'll obviously have to be some degree of separation. Pat's, Pat's away um, numbers are high, as far as I know. So like it's it's hard for a non Dublin club to sell that. Yeah, out. oh yeah, I got that. So Brian and and Bernard. Uh, both, you know, Cork City are going to be scrapping to stay up. Cork City looked like a deer in the headlights. In their opinion, whether they their depth, their bows just that good till they conceded. Yeah, I, I, Bernard does make the point it's round one, and I would agree with that. But I suppose, yeah, like Cork didn't play particularly inspiring football. Um, I'm always low to like we've had this every year. Don't go overboard in the first week. Cork will improve, but they should improve. Mm. Good coach, but play Derry this week, and mm. just the danger is you end up with zero points on the board a couple of weeks in. I saw Cork a bit last season. Dan levels are they're way below the level that is required to be competitive. Uh, apart from maybe against the smaller teams, but they should have the resources to improve. It'll be interesting how the dynamic works with the new owner and Colin Healy and everyone there. Yeah, you had a question here from uh, from Shy Talk Podcasts. I mean. Like signing takes, takes, takes one to know one. Yeah. <laughs> um, what is the situation in the third division? As many teams shown interest in signing up for it, well, it's not happening in twenty twenty three as was discussed. Um, maybe twenty twenty four second half of the year it might be something like that. I think like the Kerry FC thing. I mean, I haven't really spoken about it. Like, I really really enjoyed it down there. It does show the potential. Now they have a thriving local media scene, uh, live mm. commentary. It has its own sort of ecosystem there. It's a bit like Derry and Dundalk and and Sligo to an extent where. You have these parts of the country where Waterford, where the local media covers the team, local papers, media, you know, radio stations, and that keeps you visible. And I think with Kerry, that's going to be so big for them mm. to keep them visible, uh, even if results drop off. I think it'll be hard for them to be competitive, but you saw the curiosity that was there. They could have sold it out. All these heads there, Noel Quinn, David Clifford. Um, I hope it's something for Tralee Norma as well, Foley. You Norma Foley. <laughs> I didn't know that. Norma yeah. Foley, of course. Um, but you know, politicians, Tralee is, what is, have you uh, seen? That's no harm, probably. Tralee is definitely, in terms of like, Kerry, Tralee people would sort of think that it, it, the town itself is a bit bypassed by tourism, apart from the roads of Tralee, obviously, and this might become something that Tralee people are quite proud of. They will guess they will get like all year round now. They're going to get like good away support because there's a novelty factor. Well, for they, they will, they will, and they won't. Like they, there was, was twenty five, fifty Cove fans. Yeah, and they, I think, but, I think Kerry bought some of the Cove tickets. Waterford will bring a big crowd. Yeah, Galway will bring a big. Yeah, crowd. and you can imagine like imagine if they get a cup game with that. Yeah, cup, it's, yeah still, it's still a complete novelty. Like, well, I mean, um, who knows? Be there. Will that loan have their American student fans yeah, there? Hopefully, they've updated their website. Um, who knows? Um, Mark Murphy. Uh, although interesting, I did see that the the Kerry chairman did appear to know. Um, Franz Piero who scored the two goals and Brian Ainscoff is the chairman who's very much involved with the college scene in America mm. so I mean actually with the Kerry thing I, I did a piece with Brian last week I think one of the things they're looking at even is he's big into like he has an Boston Bolts the company that he runs in the States is all about sourcing players for the college scholarships in America right. and maybe some of the Kerry underage lads might get that opportunity yeah. too Um 
but I do think I spoke to some people down there in Kerry, like they would say that this is so important to have this focus at the top. Uh, that they, apparently their 17s at the moment are quite good, but even sometimes when they get the 14s and 15s in, they're so spread around the place and they're so used to being sort of flat track bullies in their own teams mm, that mm. they're getting a bit of a hammering at that stage yeah. nationally. By the time they get to 17s, they've done more work and they know they probably need to do pre camps and pre academy stuff now. But just having the visibility of that first team just helps like yeah. so much, and it's it's a great thing. Uh, Killian wants us was Dick Shakespeare comments the Irish Times we talk at Park um, this basically would have been comments where very much clear of the Dublin City Council have hitched they've very much hitched themselves to Bowes Bowes and, and, and Chelsea get that done and Chelsea you've done yeah. you've made your bed now you yeah. can line it yeah. let's come back to this yeah. right, let's come back to this cool. I'm probably going to do something about Chelsea this week myself writing um, Brendan Binks Bowes written off late pre-season predictions um well, they, people are lazy predicting Bowes because of the budget. Um, again, you're just a little bit conscious they've played Cork. Are they one of the weaker teams in the division? And Bowes did nearly throw it away in the last 10 minutes. Talbot all over the shop at times. But they've been a great good save saves and like, yeah. But they, they, have a good, they have good players, Bowes. They do, and they have pace. And Afalabi. if Afalabi hits, um, speaking to Gary Crone as well, he's very, very impressed with some of the young players coming through. Um, Dylan Conley, obviously, they have a lot of pace, uh, which is interesting. They've, I think Buckley back is huge. He was obviously playing right back. We'll talk about it with the lads. But, yeah, um, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. We'll break the, I'm going to rattle through the rest of these. I, I think, I think uh, as a very, um, we will hear from Tim Clancy, but as a very sort of um, vague comment about this season, I think a lot of teams are going to drop points regularly. I think it's going to be tight between even the likes of Rovers and teams that are sort of bottom and mid-table at times. I think it's I think it's going to be very competitive. Let's see. Let's, uh, let's, give, Not it, having let's, it, give, it, let's give it a couple of rounds. I mean, they finished miles ahead last year. So let's just give it a couple of rounds to see. They, they've dropped points early in the season, the last few seasons. Like, consistently it's the second or third round of games where mm. teams pull away so uh, I'm going to rattle through some of these uh, Eric Dunnigan Derry player staff need to be pulled up and faking injuries so that players can get a water break and tactical information I can tell you Eric I'd say every other manager in the league would admire Derry doing that or you know um, think maybe we could do that more uh, this was Brian Meyer going down they were struggling badly for the first 15 minutes and they had a bit of a debrief I think I recall Shells doing it in the game last year Luke Byrne mm. going down and, it's um, funny I didn't even know him down and all of a sudden all these players on front of me like, that was quick yeah, that's, yeah. That's, your, that's your attention span to be honest uh, yeah. Stephen Kenny you probably watched something else Stephen Kenny's um, Dundalk were masters of that stuff like, mm. and, like, like teams rather than being annoyed by it they want their teams to be the, they want mm. their teams to learn that stuff so uh, fans go mad about it and say it's a disgrace but I'm telling you like you know, the Pats themselves would probably want to do more of that. Um, Evan was impressed with Shell's creativity despite glaring first games of the season vibe. The finishing wasn't there. Um, JGP always wondered how clubs attract foreign players with the minimum wage type wages. How can players afford houses? Is accommodation provided? Generally, it is, yes. Like in a lot of cases, mm. you bring a player to Dublin from outside, you have to be providing them with property accommodation mm. rovers have that house with like seven or eight in a minute like a big brick butter house um other clubs yeah even players going to Derry, going to other parts of the country waterford uh shells have done it some shells of a place out in port marnock like mm. accommodation is or limerick so out in Brough or something back in the day yeah it was in yeah. an old convent or something <laughs> yeah. like that i think Galway haunted as well uh, uh we have a question here from uh Aldrin about wexford again just pointing out that the great to see the, how well the stadium facilities look. Yeah, we've mentioned that, um, and I, that definitely is um, like I, I, the Wexford thing. Like I think as well, they're not one of these clubs apparently that have a load of players signed on amateur forms, um, unlike a few of their what are first division teams. So they're actually trying to give it a proper go. So that's probably a good thing. You'll see maybe uh, one or two clubs had an unorthodox beginning to the season. 
um, because of that. Uh, a lot of other comments here. BK O'Donnell complaining with the first division cameras too poor for the price on LOI TV. Again, I would probably agree with you. Kerry but, loves. But it goes back to this. Uh, you mm. need more people to actually buy the thing to mm. invest in that. So um, Daniel asked when this transfer deadline any major signings at the time left. It's tomorrow, that's Wednesday. By the time this comes out, we could be pretty much into Wednesday. Um, Dundalk announced a finished player on loan yesterday. Um, we'll have a finished themed question later on. Uh, I think there'll be one or two more loans, but I think it might just be bad for us in terms of when it comes out. Uh, J-Mac, terrible standard of ref at the Kerry Cove game. Offside golden penalty boat missed. Welcome. Welcome to the frustration. <laughs> it's good to see that. Uh, Caleb wants Colin Healy to start with... Uh, to start for Cork. Uh, a few comments about Bowes being top of the league. Um, um, F1 GOF, is the United Nations Cup being, dis- the United Union Cup discussed by Rishi Sunak this week? Probably unlikely, I would have thought. Um, uh, Aaron Jones, is it possible for Red Card to be unlucky and also deserved Pico Lopez? I see the points. Rovers didn't appeal it because they probably wouldn't, it, it was seen, it did happen. Yeah. It was not the firm strike, but it's a Red Card offence. I understand why they haven't done it. We had a few comments about that. Um, uh, yeah actually several comments about that uh, but CMM points out Sligo played well but if Lopez stays on the pitch hoops win easy never a red in a million years the thing is I think it probably is a red even though it's a soft one You can both of those statements can be true uh, and Owen Rock says Bowes for the title that sums up the general the general giddiness um, but I think we'll go to Tim Clancy uh, yeah. who you asked at first about the quality of the game I did, I did ask him that and I also did mention um some of the points you make, and the first point I did ask so was, what do you make of the standard? Probably wasn't uh, a great deal of goal amount of action in the game, but um, very rarely do you get a game like that when there's the two teams at the supposedly the top end of the, of the league. Hopefully, uh, in our in our aspect of it, uh, you don't really get a free flow and open game. I thought there was plenty of positives to take from the game from from our behalf. Um, as I said earlier, that probably the final ball let us down, but it's the first day of the season against a team that had beaten us twice at Richmond last year. Um, and again, if you look at the President's Cup, I know they already won 2-0, but it wasn't like there was chance after chance after chance for either team. So um, in them games, you've got to just make sure that you don't lose them. Um, but again, listen, there's, there's loads of quality on the pitch. There was Mickey Duffy missed out. Um, Patrick McElhenney only got maybe half an hour or so. Um, and Connie Whelan's still injured for them as well. So there's plenty of uh, attacking players on the pitch from there side as well that weren't there so I think the, the quality in itself was um, that was a good game of football and there was plenty of talking points even though it mightn't be loads of goal amount action Would you have Derry up there with Rovers in terms of quality at the moment? I, just, I think anyone that's going to finish um, ahead of Derry this year is going to be right at the top of the league um, I think they've broken the, uh, broken through with that cup win last year will probably give them the belief and a lot of players in that um, squad have won a lot of things as well so um, I'm sure that they'll be looking to kick on. Um, Shamrock Rovers have been the benchmark for the last three seasons and uh, I've no doubt that they'll be up there again. So it's for other people to try and knock them off the perch and we're hoping that we're one of them. Yeah, thanks to Tim Clancy uh, for talking after after the Derry game. So we're now joined uh, by Ollie Cal and David McMillan and uh, I actually don't know the answer to this, David McMillan. Are you retired? Or are you not? What are you at? What are you doing here on a Tuesday? Retired from what? Huh? <laughs> um... <laughs> Yeah, I think so. Yeah, think um, you are. Yeah, I think so. I am surprised that you are not with another club, even a first division club. Why? Why are you not? Good question. Um, probably just the the toll of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, been on it for a long time. Thirty four years of age, and um, probably didn't announce my retirement. Just listened to some offers, saw what came in, and 
Um, there were some very good ones, but in the end, I think just my gut told me that I was finished and time was up and yeah, I'm happy with my decision. Was your pace a bit gone or were the legs not what they were? Or I'm sure everybody's pace is gone mm. at that age, but no, look, it's not that. It's just, um, I think it was the right time for me to finish. Um, I felt good about it in terms of, you know, moving forward with the rest of my life outside of football and doing other things. And um yeah, I think it's the right decision for me. It's so not It's not a kind of, a, you know, a really bad injury and I really want to mm. out of the game or anything like that. It's just, I think, the right time. We got the official announcement, Dan. There yeah, we go. there you go. Um, I suppose if, if you think about it, it's sort of mad that like your last game in the league then was that free kick for Dundalk. Uh, no, maybe yeah. did you play up in Derry the week Derry, after? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. But like... Last home game. Last meaningful contribution, I suppose, was like the, the goal that sealed Europe. But it is, I mean, you saw Brian Gartland decide at the end of the season I, I sort of wonder for now the flip side is I mean Dane Massey's gone to Bray and he, he's kept going with it but is there a sense of okay you said that you've listened to offers they're not great that is there something about going out on your own terms rather than necessarily slogging it out for another couple of years in a slightly maybe more unglamorous way I think it's just how you feel you know um you mentioned Dane I'm sure Dane still got the passion for yeah it, still wants to play and um, I know he works outside of football as well and has a good job and he's obviously still enjoying it and I think that's that's the key thing as well for me it was just I don't know I knew my own body at the, the last season you, you work incredibly hard to especially up on the dock the training is so tough you're committing a lot of time to it um, you've got to really be in it it's 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 I think more so even when I started like you're training so hard um, so it just wasn't for me this year it wasn't a commitment that I was willing to make and um you know the work would offer us there, but in the end, it just wasn't the it wasn't the right thing. For yeah, me. like because people would broadly be aware that like you know you're an architect and you've been involved, like you've you've been trying to maintain that as much as is possible, but you were always going back to that, right? So would it have been hard? Was it hard for you to train full time the last few years and manage that? And uh, not particularly. I would have put football first always. Um, you know, I started a company two years ago, and I think that was was a side project at that point, if you like, and um, the football was, was first and foremost, but definitely it, it was good to have that set up in the background because I have something to move into straight away and, and um, to keep me busy. So it's been great to have that, but definitely football always came first and um, yeah, everything else was second to that. And I think that's what it has to be. It's just such a big commitment that, you know, you've got to, you've got to put everything into it when you're in it. Are you, are you a sentimental type? Like, are you sad about this? Um, <laughs> I don't know, to be honest, sometimes I'm happy, you know, body's sore some mornings and you, you know, you're thankful that you're not going up to train and to um, run like a dog at times. So, mm. yeah, no, mm. at, at times I'm, I I would miss it, obviously. Um, but at the moment, I'm very happy with my decision. I'm very content. And once I'm happy, that's the main thing. Like, Ollie, like as a, you, you've walked this path, right? Like, you know what yeah. it's like for players to come out of the game. You've, 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 you've watched people walk out of the game and maybe not knowing what they're going to do. As someone like David, a good example that he actually has an education and a career, so it's probably not as daunting a step as it as it is for a lot of lads. Yeah, you would know. Yeah, I was thinking that as, as he was talking there, obviously when, when I was in, with PFA Ireland, you, you know, you're always encouraging lads to do something else outside of football, so that drop-off is not, you know, off the, off the cliff edge when you when you mm. do retire. So, you know, Dave is, is a great example of that 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 transition is is smooth enough out of football and you're doing it on your own terms um which is great and say it's a decision he's happy with he's not wondering what am i going to do now waiting for offers there's no offers coming in 
and then he's in limbo going I want to play on I've nothing else to do what do I do where do I go in my life so um, the earlier I think people start thinking about that or players start thinking about that the better and you say it just makes that transition out of the game so much easier and smoother I'm just thinking how many European appearances and goals have we got in the room here between us I mean me and Johnny we've got zero and zero Derek here zero probably had a, few, a few European few, appearances few European appearances not football related um, but like Ollie you had 41 appearances in Europe 41, which yeah. like, was a great record and then all these other lads with group stages come along and just overtaking you every year yeah. must be must be getting annoyed too easy to get appearances now with the way it's <laughs> yeah. structured but Dave your European goals record yeah. how many goals is that is it 15 or 16 16 was it Actually, I don't know. I, should have yeah. I, have, I have the stats here because Dan sent them to me yesterday, and your appearances. So between the two of you, Dan, if I would get the figure here, actually, it's impressive. Yeah, but like it's, it's a high one. That could be. I mean, that sets a reasonable standard. I would have thought the goals one. I mean, it must be impressive, is it? If it's fifteen, so it must be something you're proud of. Ah, uh, definitely. Yeah, I think I think it will be broken in the same way. Ollie's record is probably broken because you know players are playing more games in Europe. The way it's kind of been structured, and I think. The same will happen with the Conference League. There'll be more goals for players out there. Um, so I'm sure it's just a matter of time until it's broken. But it's, yeah, definitely a record I'm, I'm particularly proud of, yeah. Is it, is it 13 or 14? 14 goals, 14, yeah. yeah. And so 162 goals in 473 games. And uh, this is an article from Extra.ie, an interview you did there um, when you were launching the Collingwood Cup. Yeah, actually, yeah. yeah. And so on Friday, obviously, to get away from it, you watched... Dark UCD, yeah. It just got, yeah. You can you can just get away from it, but it sort of drags uh, you in, doesn't they're, it? They're both my teams, aren't they? So yeah. yeah. Um no, obviously I still watch it and um, plan to go to Daily Mount on Friday. So uh, look forward to that definitely. Have you any interest in remaining involved in football? Yeah, I was speaking to Ollie there, um started to be licensed, so definitely okay. I will, yeah. I mean it's it's not something I want to walk away from totally. It's it's not like that. Um obviously I've, I've stuff outside of football. Um business outside of football to, to keep me busy but um, I'll try and get back in coaching a little bit and yeah as I said do the B licence this year I, I know it's hard like to like people like me just like you know you talk about something about stepping away from it and it's just such a general question it's like you know what was your highlight you know and like how do you distill that down to like to one answer but like is there a time that you think in a couple of years time you look back and go yeah that was the year that was the season that was my my happiest time. I'm not going to put words in your mouth there's an obvious one that would switch one for a lot of people but you could have a different one what's yeah. your obvious one well I would have thought well, 20, 20, no, well, 2016 was like that European run like you scored all those goals in that run but I don't know you could have you could have a different memory I don't know like what was your yeah. what was your time I think the Bate Tala game will always be the, the standout definitely um, just for the occasion and yeah like obviously my, my own input into it to get two goals and but yeah, just the whole experience and knowing you were going to the group stages, which seemed kind of crazy at the start of it all. Um, yeah, definitely the highlight. But I still don't think I've got to that stage where, you know, I want to go back and watch games or kind of go back and think about, like, I couldn't answer those questions in terms of European appearances or goals or anything like that. But I think that time will come when eventually I'll be going back to try and watch some of those games or those sort of things. But yeah, um, there is times I think back on, on my career as a whole and yeah, I couldn't be happier like I as a kid playing Leinster Senior League and UCD, I never would have dreamed of coming through and, you know, doing the things I did in my career. I think I've been exceptionally lucky and um, brilliant people have helped me out through the through the years. And, yeah, to have the career I had was, was um, you know, a dream. I, I honestly would never have thought I had the ability to, to go as far as I did. So it's been brilliant. You might I say you were exceptionally lucky, Dan, but, like, you know, I, I was just thinking back, Ollie, we're in our seventh season now. So we started off... This podcast, give or take around that 2016 run. It's 2017 we started, yeah. So, 
I think it was a good time for us to start because I think what Dundalk did that summer, I think that was almost the start of where the League of Ireland has come to. And what David McMillan did, when you think back those two goals against Bate, his goal record in Europe, and he's been a bit humble there, I think. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's incredible what he's done and what, what Dundalk did at the time. Um, I mean, you're playing week in, week out to play in those stages and do your stuff and playing in the Aviva and in, the, in that European toy as well. And I was there as a, as a fan watching it. And, you know, it brings you back to the days when we were at Shells and, and the run we went on and, you know, the, the comparison, are they as good as you were and all that? And were they? I tend not to get into that. <laughs> I, I just looked at the Dundalk lads at the time, just the conditioning and, the you know, the physical conditioning and, and the shape and the look the, the, and the way they played. And it was it was brilliant to see. And I say, yeah, they, Dave's been very humble, like, to... To score that amount of goals in, in European competition and how competitive it is, it's it's amazing. And again, maybe back to his decision, then it was talking to him outside that he's ticked a lot of the boxes. There wasn't been too many boxes probably left on tick for him, so it probably made it easier to make a decision to go, you know what, I'm going out on my own terms. And um, I say he can be rightly proud of, of the career he has. It's been amazing. What, what I find interesting about interesting that Dundalk team is that for quite a few of you in different ways, like when you went to Dundalk, you'd bounced around a small bit. Like you'd had a couple of short-term moves in that in that time. Brian Gartland spoken about his. Uh, Dane Massey, who you mentioned. Quite a few of you. Stephen O'Donnell was nearly uh, retiring. Yeah, like, oh. I mean, were you surprising yourself in terms of, the, like, when you joined the dock, when you walked up the road, you know, when you, when you drove up the road that day to sign for Stephen Kenny, like, were you thinking, oh, this is me for the next year? You know, or what were you, did you know? Did you get any sense what you were getting into? No, I don't think so. And, and, I joined kind of the year after Stephen had started, kind of, I suppose. They did one year with it. I think they finished second or third. Yeah. Um, but yeah, probably, I remember even signing and thinking, that's a long journey up there now every morning. Am I am I sure this is the right mm. thing for me? Let go for it, you know? And couldn't have been a better decision, really. But no, I don't think, and I think our first league game, I knew kind of that pre-season we had a good side. I think we went out and lost to Drogheda away heavily enough. 4-1, I think, is um, it? The classic one of... The, never overreact to the over, yeah, opening yeah, night too no, much. I, I, it was, it was. I, I remember we actually played quite well in the game and last four. Like you know, you wouldn't have, if it had finished one nil, you'd have kind of just felt a little bit unlucky. We actually played all right. Um, well, I thought maybe my optimism was sort of, uh, yeah, maybe we weren't going to have such a good season, but we just, yeah, went on an amazing run and just built and built. But as you said, I think everybody had a bit of. There was hunger in the dressing room, I suppose. If it was, people had bounced around a bit. There was, you know, I think Stephen had picked players that he knew. There was something there. And, yeah, just built and built, I suppose. And, um, yeah. Yeah, because I'm just, I'm just wondering, like, Ollie, like, I mean, even something like that happening. Again, if you look at now, the pathway for a lot of players is a lot more structured. Like, a lot of them are going to be 14, 16, 18, 20s. Like, you know, they've, they've come through, you're, you're seeing the dominance maybe of certain of the academies now, like, you know, we'll see the Rovers Academy players, the Pats go out and mm. play in other clubs. It's kind of different. Like, it's hard to see a club emerging where lads have been part-time for a period of their career and get to that height in a short space of time, if you know what I mean. We're, we're probably going to a different place now in terms of what the backgrounds of our league-winning players are going to be. Yeah, in the next yeah. decade if you know what I mean yeah yeah landscape has, has certainly changed um, even going back to that I remember Chris Shield has been on our training camp mm. as well there, our off season training camp and look at what he went on to, mm. to do as well with, with Dundalk and still doing it um, 
incredible yeah so it's yeah it's definitely definitely changed has it changed for the better it probably has you know it's mm. it's good to have this a pathway a proper pathway there now for for these players getting into those academy structures i think better coaching and better facilities and it's going to improve them overall um but yeah as you say it probably hard to see something coming together like like that dundalk did at the time mm. Mm. and your family got into it too i mean you actually got a bit like they like you were sort of adopted up there a small bit, but your folks were traveling to all those games as well. Like it was, there was more than about your own experience. They all got their own. Even after you headed off to Scotland, I think they were still going. The one time I met him for an interview was after the game in, in Iceland. And I remember you were immediately looking for your parents. Yeah. Um, they went to quite a lot of games, obviously European games, but yeah, I went to Scotland. They kept going to Oriel. Um, and I think they were at the Malone cup there a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> so, class. uh, yeah, no, they'd still be regulars. Um, yeah, I think they just caught the bug, really. Like, how could you not? You know, it was great for them to come up and first people I'd be able to speak to after every game would be my mum and dad just to chat about the game and Jerry Malone would be standing there waiting for an interview. <laughs> Couldn't give you a minute. But Jerry no. probably interviewed your parents once or twice as <laughs> yeah. well. Um, but yeah, no, that I think that's what kind of, that made it as well, you know, to have your family at games and things like that. It, it massively helps and it drives you on a little bit, I think. As well. When you see, like, what Veghorst did at the World Cup and playing for Man United now, like, I, I always have to pinch myself just that I actually saw him playing against Dundalk and was out-muscled by Kieran Kilduff. But, like, do you look at that and think, Jesus, yeah, that was, that was, that was us. Yeah, big time. Uh, I think that must be Kildos highlight, all right? But Ali mentioned the condition, and like it shouldn't be understated. He did muscle him out of the way to get that equaliser, and like that. I mean, you're going to a Dutch team and getting a one-all draw away with ten men. Yeah, it was a remarkable. I suppose going into the groups, we just thought like, yeah, this would be this would be good fun. You know, not mm. expecting too much, and then. To, to get a result I think United went away to Feyenoord and lost that same night yeah, so, yeah. that's right uh, and there was the, the chat about what were the Dublin bars shown that night was it Dundalk or and anecdotally they were shown well, Dundalk well I remember we were in Alkmaar that night Johnny do you remember we ended up in some bar playing darts mm. but like the local TV highlights had like the, it was like their match of the day or whatever mm. and it had the two games back to back and you're thinking this is this is surreal did, did, did yeah. you get what I'm saying though I, I did feel the League of Ireland from then on I don't know it felt like something had changed maybe yeah it's been I the, the attendances in particular since maybe since COVID as well mm. have been have been higher and it's great it's brilliant to see the kind of energy that's going into it and you know people are I don't know teams often you know you see a team drop off a little bit and their fan base can drop off and mm. that doesn't seem to be happening at the moment even first vision teams are getting great support and go away in Waterford and um, season ticket sales for a lot of teams seem to be really high so long may it continue and it's a bit strange because more of the games are on TV <coughs> you might think People mightn't go out there and actually see it It's mad how that, that, that has disappeared. Remember the whole thing yeah. of the TV is taking numbers off yeah. the gate. That, that, yeah. That's not really there it anymore. It seems to actually have the opposite effect, which is unusual, but maybe more people could watch it. They actually said, let's go out and watch I it I think live, TV right? is becoming so less relevant compared... I, I honestly think, Ollie, I think social media... I, 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 I fucking love-hate relationship with social media, but I think it's been unbelievable <laughs> for the League of Ireland because you have a lot of talented people out there. Look at the crowds and the young audiences like as well. Yeah, clubs have... I, I think clubs have really stepped up to the mark uh, in the last few years and really pushed it on. Um, the Yellow Boys TV passed it, 120 euros. I think it's brilliant value for... Mm. We're just discussing that before yeah. you came in, yeah. Yeah, people yeah. People on the dodgy box won't pay it. Won't, yeah. won't pay it, but a lot of people, like for that sort of money, for mm. as a 400 games in total or something, that's, I think it's brilliant. But yeah, I, I really do think... The one thing I suppose that, that disappointed me is you listen to the radio on the like there's not nothing on the radio. Like if you're in the League of Ireland circle and you're part, like you know obviously the league is starting and everything. Like buses, there's nothing on the sides of buses or anything. Like... 
I think what, the, what the, more needs to be the, done the league maybe I said, I said, the clubs I think have done a really good job and can obviously still push it and still get better the league I think need to need to help it even, even more like that just push the marketing side like mm. say if you weren't a League of Ireland fan I doubt you would have known the league was, was starting yeah well, I did make the point before you come on though I think the league can do more with that I mean, there's no doubt that like you do get annoyed when you have like bulletins last Friday and nothing like no mention yeah. and like that's some of that is ignorance now, the, one thing I, the point I did make is that like there was loads of transfer business to the league over the winter and not one club did a press conference for any of these signings yeah, yeah. Like, you know like imagine Liam Burt Johnny Kenny you know them being unveiled in like dry days in January I'm telling you they would have got huge coverage would have put in the discussion would have been in but doesn't do that like clubs can do more as can well do too. More. but yeah, like, yeah. I, I know I know what you're saying um, yeah. I know what you're saying like my, my bugbear was like you know the participation agreement says managers and people should do this and that and it's not actually enforced like yeah. you know when how often we hear Damien Duff after games we don't hear him imagine if Damien Duff did a pre-match press conference on a Thursday before a game I bet you some of his audio would end up in a bulletin on the yeah. Friday doesn't do but one that, uh, so like, you, like, you're on the sharp yeah. end of that thing so that, that should be something they should be yeah. even sitting with you guys going how can we make this better what can we do going back to the clubs here here's what you can but i just think in general they need to push the league a bit more clubs are doing their own bit so they can do more but yeah no i think it's a collective but what about you yeah. i'm curious like, um, is dave mcmillan gonna this is my question the architect is he, of, uh, is, is he gonna turn into like a hard-hitting pundit now like yeah. dave do you watch the doc you said the doc were a disgrace yeah. <laughs> no, i think he's gonna be more like i need to, I need to, I need to redevelop oriel here from an architect's point of view <laughs> oh, like you know <laughs> that, that's I mean, a project that was, for like, honestly watching the game though like watching the highlights back uh, we still have issues with like the the cameras or whatever but Ori looks so bad. Like, Jesus. There were no away fans there. It looked worse than ever. Maybe if I'm just a pundit and I use the stadium, I might. Yeah, yeah the stadium is a safe even, the, even people at the club have used the stadium. I think you'd be fine with that one. Yeah, I think what you see in Oriel is, is, yeah, not good enough. And it needs, it definitely needs investment. And I think the right people are there to try and to try and source it, whether it's from the council or, or whatever they can do. Um, yeah, badly needs upgraded. The, the one positive, and it's what you don't see on the camera, is, is what's behind the scenes in the YDC. And there is good facilities there as a, as a player in mm. terms of, um, mm. you know, video analysis, all that stuff. But, yeah, what you see from the public's point of view and what you probably experience when you go as a fan um, definitely needs upgraded. And that's to be said for a lot of stadiums around the country. So, so what about Friday as a game anyway? I know it's the first game of the season and uh, there's some new players to the league. I, it's sort of hard for me to maybe glean what the expectations were uh, around it, but what what was the game actually like? You watched it, so I've only seen the clips. Yeah, so it was just me. probably flat, to be honest, and which is disappointing when it's your first game of the season at home. You'd want to go out and put on a bit of a performance, and I think the dog probably be disappointed that they didn't do that. Um, UCD, you got to give them a lot of credit. They obviously played the Collingwood Cup during the mm. week. I think it was four or five players played nearly three times that week going into the UCD games, or going into the Dundalk game, sorry. Um, so I think Dundalk would be very disappointed with that start, but as we spoke about, losing Andrada 4-1 a couple of years ago, it doesn't mean too much, I don't think. I wouldn't read too much into it, but definitely they'll be disappointed. What, you know what, uh, you've worked with Stevie O'Donnell as a, t as a teammate and now as a manager. What's he like? I mean, I'm sure you had disappointments last year. What's he like in the day or two after? Is he someone who comes in after and and reads the riot act or is he someone who more gets people around the analysis a day or two later and says here's what we didn't do or what's it, his sort of style with that it'll be performance based I mean that game could have finished one all and, and Dundalk had 20 chances and he'll be positive about that he'd, he'd be happy um, the game finishes one all and it's not been a good performance and good chances haven't been made he won't be happy and but he'll look at it he'll analyse it 
he'll, he'll work on the video stuff and he'll, he'll show the players why he felt, you know, it wasn't up to scratch and where they need to improve. So it won't be run the right act, certainly not, but it'll be areas of improvement and, and trying to be positive about it going into it'll be a big game in Daily Man. Well, it's kind of where was Pat Hoobin playing on Friday? I've seen once or twice in pre-season it's been Elliot who's come in and he's been a bit more withdrawn. Was he through the middle or what was... Yeah, well, Elliot didn't start so yeah, Pat was, Pat was, was up in the nine. Yeah, yeah he was, um, yeah. It kind of, Elliot did come on late in the game. I think Pat would have dropped off a little bit but generally just outright number nine. Yeah. yeah. You did have your rivalry with Kilduff. What was it like being a vine for a place with Pat Hoobin? Um... Ah, grand, Pat's Pat, you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a good rivalry, but, you know, Pat doesn't treat anybody any differently, you know, it's, um, he works hard, he works tirelessly, and um, his League of Ireland record is incredible, and I'm sure he'll break the Dundalk record this year as their, their top goal scorer. Yeah, um, and I've got to, got to give a mention to Kieran Bean as well, who I think played Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and incredible. obviously scored Friday, he scored... Mm. Um, I don't know how many goals he scored, but... He scored uh, a brace in the final on the I, Wednesday. I think yeah. Nathan Shepard, watching back, I'm like... I think if you look good. at Shepard's body language afterwards, I don't think he's happy himself, but maybe I'm maybe I'm being a bit harsh and one of the very good keepers in the league. Just just on week one, Ollie, we had Bowles go to Turner's Cross, obviously. You have a lot of clubs now that I'm I'm thinking they're not in the title race, but I'm not sure if they're they're battling for Europe, but managers will be under pressure if say like you're sort of falling off that sort of battle for third or fourth early on or midway through the t- the season or whatever. Yeah, yeah, possibly. Um, yeah. How do you see the league this season? Yeah, well, you were channel hopping on Friday. So channel you, you t- tell us what you saw. Oh, the red zone. Yeah, the LOA red, the red zone. zone. <laughs> yeah. Channel, channel hopping the do- on the dodgy yeah, box. It's, it, it's going. Go, yeah, yeah. It's going. It's going bad because you're and say you're you're afraid of missing something, but it's hard to get a, a picture then of of the full games. That so actually, I'm just thinking the, the red zone would be great. He started with Dundalk and UCD too far, and you started with Shells and Drada. It's yeah. like you're just you're pulled back in. By <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what Shells. We know that Shells yeah. would be my team, so I started. I, I watch them. Um, Jeez, red zone would be a great idea, actually, yeah, wouldn't it? There you go. There's that's there's it. You're there you <laughs> David McMillan's red zone. <laughs> You'd have to get the, the technology right. Like the first yeah. division one, there's still a bald linesman <laughs> taking us away. Yeah. You flip to Wexford yeah. and just see, why is that lad running down the sideline? You, know? you, you could be standing in the lingerie section of Brown Thomas uh, hosting ah, as well. Ah, that, that was the red zone. Jesus, yeah. Anyway, the game. Tell us about Charles. The game. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Shells, first half looked great. First half, yeah, mm-hmm. it was good. They, they created a chance. Obviously, they should have scored. Um, Maddie Smith uh, missed uh, pretty much an open goal. Um, they'd be disappointed not to win the game. Um, second half, uh, they weren't as, didn't create as many clear-cut chances. Paddy Barrett obviously hit the, hit the crossbar. Mm. Um, Trotted it dug in and did, did well. Did well. Um, they won or two chances early on, too. Um, so I think Kev Darty obviously, would be the, will be the happier of the two. Um, good point for them. Um, just from a manager's perspective like Kev Doherty the job he did last season and then their budget's reduced reduced yeah, I mean yeah. uh, now I think people maybe in, at some club said oh well UCD stayed up so we, we'll be grand sort of if we can battle for second or third last but I, I have some sympathy from there I mean geez, what more do you want to do yeah, I, I know. Um, I do. I do feel for him. Um, but look, that's that's the dynamics of the club at the moment, and and he has he just has to work with it. Um, I say he'd be delighted with that start to get a point there, and it's something to build on. Something really really positive for them to build on. Um, a couple of good performances. Obviously, Connor Keeley at the back is is a decent sign for him. He's a good battle with Boyd. In fairness, mm. um, Sean Boyd's a handful. Um, works his socks off. So it was it was good to see the two of them going at it. But yeah, no, look, Kev, Kev will be happy enough. Um, again, look, there's probably not a lot expected of them. 
Um, so you know if they can pick points up like that, they'll, they'll be delighted. Was it was it Tony Sheridan was on Cocom? Tony Sheridan was on Cocom. I was like, I, I'm not really sure I'd actually heard his voice before. One of my favorite players when I was younger, but he kind of called out Sean Boyd for like not going himself. I was like, yeah, he literally squared the ball for no an open goal. goal. Everything yeah. right. I was like, what would Tony Sheridan yeah. have done there? But he'd like, probably Sheridan <laughs> probably flicked it outside of his yeah, foot, yeah, tried yeah. to put yeah. in the top yeah. corner. He, would, he would definitely have scored, but I was like, yeah. you can't blame Sean Boyd there. No, I was thinking the same going. <laughs> Look, he could have took it on himself, but like he's rolled it to Maddie Smith, and Maddie Smith is an open goal, and mm. probably should have left it run onto his left foot and, and tapped it in, but he didn't. Obviously, so, so. Pat Pat and Derry won all, which was a game I was at. It was a very interesting game, interesting, and then Rovers and Sligo another one all as well. So it was actually a great start. Rovers and Rovers first, Rovers and Shams, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah. he had a bit of time there. He knows this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. But yeah. I, I started watching a little bit of the. the I saw Pico sending off on that for the. The last, the game, 20, and the last then 25 minutes was very good. I though. decided yeah. to walk the dog with about four minutes left. Oh, <laughs> so no. I missed what the goal. But, um, yeah. great, great strike by uh, Lucas Browning. Yeah. But yeah. What, do, what do you make of the Shamrock Rovers side? I mean, they're going for four in a row. They probably are like the the rivals to your Dundalk team and the sort of like, and the Shells team and the sort of the greatest teams. What, what do you make of them? I think they've just got a, a big squad and a very, very strong squad. It's, um, I think, you know, Bradley's done a brilliant job at just managing that squad over the last few years because, um, you know, I'm sure keeping, I don't know, 23, 24 mm-hmm. lads happy is a very difficult thing to do. Maybe easier last year with European runs and things like that. We have a lot of games, but um, I think that's probably the hardest job is managing all of that and to keep them winning. It's been, he's done a tremendous job. Um but yeah, they look strong again. Like they've made some good signings, and um, let's overreact though, as as, as you <laughs> as do as result. Okay. So my, my it's mate, over. Well, I, 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 I made who, who did a bit of chan- uh, ground hopping at the weekend, and he was like, "Yes, yeah, like we're actually very good, but um, Derry are going to win the league this season." I'm, I'm not going to name names, but we are going to have a title race. I think. Yeah, I think so. I think I think the results were kind of across the league were quite good. You could probably left Friday night going, oh, mm. for Rovers win now tomorrow, they'll go on and win yeah. the league. And then, they yeah, go and, and then they go and draw. So, um, But actually, I saw Higgins saying, you know, the, a one-all draw is probably a good result to Pats. And I think it will be. Pats' the squad looks strong as well. But you know so the mad thing, David? Like, he, he, he meant, I, was, I, was, I texted him after the game because he's is, is obviously, you know, I, I'd be very friendly with Roy Higgins because he's gone through a really tough time. But he mentions, he was like, the four midfielders, Duffy, Diallo, Domigan and McElhinney didn't start. McElhinney came on. Like, that'd be an unbelievable midfield for anyone didn't start and they look very good. Yeah, they, and they made good signings and even I looked at the team and it was a lot of last year's team. Mm. I think there's, there's good continuity there and yeah, they're building something good, I think, and they'll, they'll definitely challenge. Um, but yeah, I think after the results, it's, it's Is it almost a set the race. Um, hard to say, but probably, yeah, I think possibly. I mean, the Dock and Pats, I think, are both still will do well and be interesting to see how both go. But I think that they definitely have the biggest squads to, to kind of really push for it. A you, couple of injuries in the other squads, I think, affects them. You'll, have, you'll, have, you'll hear the Tim Clancy interview back afterwards, uh, Ali, but I definitely got this feeling already of week one in, like everyone saying they were the dominant team there. Were they like, no way were they? And you could already see Tim as like kind of defend his team. And I'm not sure. I think they were actually very happy with things out there this season. Yeah, Tim's passionate, isn't exactly he? Anyway, that's, got, that's got a booking as well. Yeah, yeah. and, and well, back, well, they, they all get the, team. They all get the bookings now. The, yeah. the manager gets the bookings even if their staff. Yeah, uh, John Ollie Horgan was booked, and John Caulfield was sent off, and it wasn't even half time <laughs> <laughs> of the first that's game because Ollie's booking goes on to Caulfield. Yeah, so like this, yeah. So you bring in you bring in Ollie Horgan though. You probably know you're bringing in <laughs> six, yeah, six to twelve bookings for yourself. Absolutely, but um. Yeah, no, Pat's, uh, yeah, yeah, I think Tim knows what he, what he has there. Um, 
Yeah, I, I, only, I saw clips of the game back and I think a draw seemed a fair enough result mm. um, from what I've seen. Um, McAniff's goal, I don't know how, how we managed to, I don't know, the deflect or just the way he slid and, and, and it, yeah, yeah. scooped it and it went in. Um, but I think it looked like both teams had a bit of dominance at certain stages in the game. Um, but yeah, no, no, Tim is Tim is right to, to back his team and yeah, back his players we're, after we're, the first we're game. Sl- yeah, we're sadly running slightly out of time. Just from a PFI perspective, how are things um, this season? Players? Well, he's not working for them anymore. John, <laughs> from, from, from anecdotally, like from <laughs> anecdotally from your your days, are players happy enough? Um, yeah, from what I hear, it's mm. it's going okay. Um, obviously, the do you think the minimum wage thing will work and all that? Yeah, I think it's a positive. Mm. Uh, absolutely, I'm sure there's clubs thinking or looking of ways around it or how to circumvent it like like they do most not not all of them let's, let's be honest yeah. um yeah. Dan alluded so, to that last week yeah. so some might <laughs> yeah yeah no I, I think it's a positive but yeah no look I think they've the, the PFA Ireland point of view they've done their most of their club visits and they've got around to all the clubs and just getting a flavor for where things are at on the ground and I'm sure look they'll they'll be putting together what they need to do then on, on the back, back of that as well you know they'll have their plans anyway but mm. you know when you go around and you're in the dressing room and you're on the ground with the players then you really get the, the taste yeah. of, of what's happening or where people are happy or not happy or whatever and, and then you know a, a lot of the time when you're starting the season the players are just up for it they want the season to start um, you know they don't want to rock the boat if there's issues or they're going you know what we just knuckle down and play so mm. as, as you get into the season then cracks might start to appear and then you know you might get issues here and there so I think I think the other thing that you need as well and like you look at say Brian Garton's gone in at Dundalk but even like Pat Fenlon's now role at Bowes in terms of I suppose I think of like union work in the last couple of years I suppose you speak to people at a club you're probably speaking to the manager a lot of the time you know you're not okay you might be on to club officials but generally like you know volunteers then in that case or like an overworked manager who's doing a million things and like you know staff disputes is probably not something they want like high up their radar like you know Pat Fenn and well and Bose like even little things like that I'm presuming are going to just help the general ecosystem in the league um to have those sort of figures employed in the game yeah yeah it was an issue we would have had you're going sometimes you're going like who are you dealing with like say dealing with the manager but like it's it's back to like an industry and a proper full time industry and having people employed there and going right, Johnny is the CEO whatever there he's dealing with that like Stephen McPhail at Rovers would be dealing mm. with certain things mm. Stephen Bradley doesn't so you know dealing with that if there's an issue with a player whatever contractually you're you're not dealing with the manager you're dealing with the with the with the the general secretary or the CEO or whatever and and you know some clubs is you're onto the manager and he hasn't <laughs> clear what's going on a lot of the time yeah. like, uh, paperwork behind the scenes and all and it just wants to deal with the team and it, it can be frustrating really frustrating so um it's something that that can only be positive if they can get those structures in place at the clubs yeah I'm just yeah. conscious Bows are the one team that did win in the Premier Division we haven't really the given table. too much of a mention I don't know it. like uh, did you get to see much of the game I think the thing about I mean, see Decky Divine after. He's got a bit of the Stephen Kenny thing in him, is that you celebrate your wins. Like he was practically like roaring. That can backfire jumping. as well. But it can. Yeah. No, it yeah. can. It's great when you're winning, and then you know, like Corp were shite, Decky. Come on. I mean, <laughs> let's 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 be honest. They were like, and I think they'll admit that themselves. But, uh, but the Gar- fact that Gary Cronin dynamic on that corner was interesting because I don't know if you saw David. It was it was a corner routine I hadn't really seen before, where it's a one-two, but the player who receives the ball is practically on the six-yard box and just makes a run out, and it worked. Are you giving Gary Cronin credit for that? It, it was it was Gary Cronin. Oh, yeah, it was actually. I 
think oh you're just introducing fiction Ali Coote said afterwards it was and then he didn't he threw Talbot under the bus he's like he's trying to make it interesting but I think the interesting one there is Ali Coote because Ali Coote was persona non grata there last year yes along with Bert top player and like he was I think he was pretty much you know expected to go um but they've managed to sort of again sort out whatever mm. issues and you'll be in get the best project. of a good player he's a good yeah. player he's a good yeah. player Ali yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I actually, as well you've all these I saw the Decky's interview afterwards and I actually kind of liked it I just thought that he felt there was big pressure on that first game and mm. I probably would have tipped it for a draw I thought Cork home crowd you know back up in the Premier a tough first trip to, to, to make and when you look at all the other results it's actually a brilliant result to, to get three points and even though obviously his first game would be top of the league but it, it, that will be a good game on Friday it's building oh, yeah. it, it's about building momentum as well and I think that's why in fairness to Decky gave credit to both crowds his own crowd and, and you know uh, brilliant attendance down the turn yeah. across so I think his Look, was his was one of relief as much as anything before you go Dave just, just you're on about getting your B licence um, and when we had Kieran Kilduff and um, Carl Shepard on and they were sort of linked with the Atlone job and I remember them making the point that um you know, you want your first job to go well, obviously, but there are very, very few jobs around. So in your, from your perspective, like, how do you weigh up the pros and cons if something does come up for you? Um, yeah, I spoke to Ali about that. I think first and foremost about getting experience, you know, mm. coaching experience. And um, I'd probably do that away from the, the top level and try and, you know, learn a little bit about it first. Um, and then, yeah, I suppose if, if opportunities came, then it's, it's about picking the right one and find the project that you feel is worthwhile and one that will work for you but that is a difficult thing in League of Ireland there's a lot going on and as I said you just gotta I suppose go with your gut and see see what you think is right and you're up for a bit of media work going forward oh definitely yeah, yeah. Um, as I said I want to keep in the game keep watching it and I think um, that always helps you yeah. going to get him on off the ball on a Saturday I think well, this is it like you know speaks well we, we, what happens is like we, we bring them in here and then they just they start to appear everywhere around Gary, Gary Garton's career like it's just <laughs> Basically, we why haven't we done some kind of commission deal yeah. with this? I made Greg Martin like did you? Absolutely, yeah. Um, I'm not sure you want to sure take credit for that yeah. one. Yeah. Um, no offense, Graham, or maybe it is offensive. When you see me and Ollie doing red zone next week, yeah. <laughs> I, I want to see that honestly. I mean, forget about the dodgy box, everyone will pay for that. Yeah, we we'll see. We'll see. Ollie um, and David in the red zone. Anyway, we need we have some loose ends to tie up. Um, we need to do a Rascals Brewery question for the guided tour of their facilities okay so this is the first trivia question you can get our answers to us again on twitter or on instagram craft beer LA fans lads. Ah, yeah yeah yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely there we go there we go um so I, uh, this is inspired by dundalk signing 21 year old finnish attacker johannes lee coco who's joined club on loan from hjk helsinki again there's league of nations coming to the league mm. so like you know add a fit that's just the like long town bench well, that's, <laughs> that's <laughs> like was it somalia more like, like the united nations than the league of nations but um the question is can people name a, a, a person from finland who has won an fei cup and a premier division title um, a Finnish player I'm sure Ollie will get that one don't say it um, but if you can get get your Finnish league and cup winner guesses to us at LOI Central do, do you know where one of Athlone's scorers was actually from I mean this has to be a first Hazy yeah like Hazy in the League of Ireland the one thing was, there I mean, we go I presume so. the, the one thing I would say is the FEI Connect now where the team sheets have been replaced by this that they are putting in where a lot of players are born and what you might yeah. find is some of those were from Haiti. I don't know his individual story but I've been raised in the States as well so like the, the I think they've had that with the FEI Connect I think Alan Manis was initially put in as like with a Canadian flag because he would have been born there but yes, you know, he's, he's Northern Irish in terms yeah. of how you would know him so I'm not sure about all those instances but anyway um, that is that our fixtures this week then 
Um, uh, we have our Premier Division fixtures. We've got UCD Sligo Rovers on Friday. Um, hopefully, get a half decent crowd along to that in terms of the averages. Uh, Derry City, Cork City, that'll be that'll be sold out for sure. St Patrick's at Lecton, Shelburne, same. Very very brief. Bohemians, let me get yeah, through the fixtures. Very, very brief. Uh, yeah. Bohemians and Dock uh, will definitely be sold out. And draw the United Shamrock Rovers. I imagine there's half a chance that will be as well too with the uh, allocations. You got the first yeah, division. Yeah. The, so the first the first division fixtures. Uh, Galway United are at home to Treaty. And um, I think I'm going, I've got involved in the horse there. It's interesting. Um, <laughs> the, the lingerie section and all that um, was was one stupid anecdote. But um, I, 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 the last horse I was involved in, I said to my girlfriend, like, that is it, I'm done. But then for the last sort of three, four weeks, I've been trying to think, how am I going to tell her that I've just gotten a leg of another one? And it was her 40th <laughs> at the weekend. She was pissed and I told her and she didn't care anymore. So uh, so I'm going to Dundalk on Friday, but I'm going to the races. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, but Galway United Treaty, I'm expecting a big crowd there. Cove Wexford, um, I think Cove will get a big bump from that win uh, that Dan was at. Bray Wanderers, Kerry is going to be interesting as well because obviously Bray off the mark in Treaty at Lone, at home, they won their first game. So there, all yeah. five home teams won away last week. So they've all, there should be a bump in their Here crowds. At uh, at Lone at home to Finn Harps Watford at home to Longford Town and just very briefly men meant to mention UCD I really implore UCD to try and get people to go to their games this season that are in the college Andy Myler the job he's doing go going up to they've been written off again and an unbelievable start obviously a long way to go where are you the weekend are you going to be at a game Red Zone Hmm? Red Zone Mark Scanlon make it happen make it happen the Red Zone I actually really want this to happen now that actually might stop you can people make going it to happen, games Johnny. people will stay at home to watch the Red Zone Ollie and Dave's Red Zone <laughs> sponsored by <laughs> Collar and Cuff and uh, you'll be wearing the Alfie Moon Blazers actually yeah, that, 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 that's I it think, Dan I think we're done just say thanks to our sponsors as ever Johnny yeah thanks to our sponsors as ever uh, future ticketing <laughs> Absolutely delighted with week one, obviously. Uh, collar and cuff, um, the collar and cuff mailbag, free 50 quid voucher to... We'll have a winner next week. We'll uh, winner, to. and uh, thanks again to Rascals uh, Brewery in Inchicore as we do the tour pizza, and obviously lovely craft beer as well. We'll be back next week when we'll definitely be writing some people out at the top of the race.